Hey, it's Cass. Welcome to another episode of the Messy Mama podcast, where we talk about all things single mom. From parenting to self-care to dating to literally just keeping our sanity, here's a space to talk about it. So put your kids to bed, grab your favorite Bev, and let's jump into the episode. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Messy Mama podcast. I am so happy that you are here. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. Um, So this week, we are going to be talking about labor and delivery and kind of how I've reflected on it now that my son is almost two. Um, We'll get more into like how my reflection has changed my experience. Um, But let's start with this week's life updates. So I can't lie to y'all. Life was really hard for me this last week. Nothing really like happened, but I was just down on myself for a lot of reasons and I really couldn't seem to shake it. I mentioned to y'all some of my self-love journey that I'm currently on and it's really not as fun as people make it out to be. Um, In January, I decided that I had had enough of just moving around life. And, you know, I had these goals. I was I wasn't being intentional and I wasn't overly thoughtful. I was just trying to make it through my days. Honestly, Um, there was just a lot that had had been going on. Um, I struggled with postpartum, the baby blues, all of the emotional struggles that a woman goes through when they have a baby. I went through it and I just had enough. Um. I decided to really think about the relationships I had with other people and trying to just distinguish the people who had genuine love for me and didn't just love me out of obligation. And I'm finding that since then, I'm setting these boundaries and it's been a constant fight of, am I selfish for doing this? Um, Am I doing the right thing? Am I being mean? And in this journey, I've made so many connections and crossed so many T's that I'm not able to be silent about how I feel about things anymore. Um, I realized that, you know, I was silent because I didn't know how I felt and I couldn't find the verbiage, you know what I'm saying, to help other people comprehend my own feelings, which turned to frustration and turned to anger. But I guess in less words, what I'm trying to say is I've been fighting with myself and my self-doubt for the last week. I think sometimes we... You know, as single mothers have those feelings of if I had made a different choice or this is what I have to do for the rest of my life when our kid is screaming in the middle of the night. We don't we don't always know the best way to ask the people around us for support. And we don't have the luxury of putting life on pause or choosing to step away just to catch our breath, because at the end of the day, our kids still need dinner. They still need to take a bath. They need to go to bed. You get what I'm saying? So this week has been shit. Um, I'm trying my absolute hardest to keep it pushing and just do what I need to do. And as bad as, you know, I think that things are right now, I'm also really proud of myself because the reason why things are bad is because, you know, I'm speaking up and I'm setting boundaries and I know that I need to keep this momentum going that I'm on. It just right now, it doesn't feel good. (sighs) So... With that, uh, let's get into today's topics. So 
same as last week, I want to preface this episode and say that we'll be discussing um, labor and delivery, mental health, and some other potentially triggering topics. And I know that these things are not always easy to talk about. And I want to make sure that I'm leaving the door open for anyone who may not be ready to talk about their experiences or listen to someone else's. I want to tell you that it is 150% okay and there are zero hard feelings. If anyone is like, yeah, no, I'm good. I promise you can log off. Protect your peace, girl. So last week we talked about pregnancy and I realized that it was very bare bones and we didn't get into like the nitty gritty of pregnancy, uh, like the puking your brains out in the third trimester consistently or hemorrhoids. <laughs> Or, you know, what I may have done to prepare for Malachi. Um, I kind of want you all to get an understanding of what my experience has been. And then we will get into the details of each segment, I guess you could say. I also think that my main objective is providing comfort to anyone struggling emotionally with any part of their motherhood, motherhood journey that they're on. And I say that because, yes, there's the medical side of of having a child and it takes a toll on our bodies and all of that. But I think that to start, it's important for you all just to to see my story or to hear my story. Um, so, you know, that I'm not talking out of my ass. <laughs> so this week we will be discussing labor and delivery and, you know, some of the following days in the hospital. This one's going to be a tough for me, a tough one for me. I can't lie. Um, and not because of how I was in the moment, but because of how I've reflected on it now. <clears throat> so if I get emotional, um, y'all will understand why towards the end. So let's start at about at about eight months pregnant. Um, for me, I was getting huge. I'll I'll post a picture of my baby bump on the Messy Mama podcast Instagram because I was really big, but I definitely wasn't uncomfortable. Uh, truth be told, I definitely, I wasn't ready for him to come out. I loved being pregnant <laughs> and I was scared, but I knew he needed to <laughs> and I knew I needed to be ready. So at that time, my appointments had started to come weekly and I knew the time was coming, but I was still moving like I was not eight months pregnant because one, I still hadn't fully accepted what was happening. And two, I had no choice during my pregnancy. You know, I still had to do everything life before pregnancy entailed, but add everything else to my plate. So when I was pregnant, I brought Malachi's crib up three flights of stairs. I assembled it on my own. I moved a queen size bed and a box frame. It was like I was pregnant, but not at the same time because at the end of the day, shit still needed to get done and I needed to get his nursery ready. So I did have people help me here and there, but for the most part, like I did all of it on my own. And looking back, I feel like I was just going through the motions of being pregnant and not because I didn't want to connect, but because there were just things that you that you just do when you're about to have a baby. So when the time was approaching, I still didn't really feel anything. Uh, I wasn't terrified of giving birth. Like I know a lot of women are. And I think that's probably because I had seen it. I watched my sister give birth to my niece. So, you know, I kind of knew what to expect, but I also told myself that I was not going to like watch the YouTube videos and I was not going to scare myself with like, the nasty shit that happens when you have a baby because then I would have been terrified. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't, I didn't really feel anything. Um, 
I packed Kai's hospital bag in my hospital bag. I just grabbed the first new newborn outfit that I saw in his closet. Like, I just did what I had to do. And at the time, now, I just genuinely feel like I was completely numb from everything. And as time had passed, it hurts me now. It hurts now. But Malachi's heart, <clears throat> when I was between eight and nine months pregnant, um, had to be checked two times a week because they were concerned that he may have had a heart abnormality. Luckily and thankfully, he did not. Um, I don't know if you all remember, but last week I said that I was so thankful that my son was happy and healthy, and this is a large reason why. And, you know, if something had gone wrong with Malachi's health or something, you know, just wasn't right, I would have taken full responsibility for that because at the time I felt like it was my fault, you know, and that's not, that's definitely not true, but that's, that's the headspace that I was in. So (sighs) the days were getting quicker and I just remembered the night before I went into labor. I'll never forget it. I, (laughs) I remember I made this like huge taco salad and I was wearing a muumuu And I put a shit ton of hot sauce on it because I love spicy food, especially when I was pregnant. Um, And I remember that night I posted on Instagram because my doctor was talking about me having to get induced in just a few days. So I posted, um, what can I do to jumpstart labor? Little did I know that I would go to sleep and wake up at 3 a.m. And my stomach, when I woke up, hurt so bad. Um, I didn't know if I just ate too much taco salad because I did. I ate. I ate. (laughs) When I was pregnant and I was hungry and I did eat, I ate. Okay. Um, so I thought maybe I was constipated or I don't know. So I tried to go to the bathroom and I saw blood. Uh, and that's how I knew that something was was different and I may be in labor um but I again I didn't know what labor felt like so I didn't know so the first person that I called was my sister um she was like on call for me during my last few weeks of pregnancy just in case you know I did go into labor um and I knew that she would get to me the quickest so after I called her I called my mom and my mom at the time well, still, she lives in Maine, uh, and she got on the first bus in the morning <laughs> to come to Boston, thank God. After that, I called my best friend Grant, and he came, and the day was like, it was chill, and my sister, did my sister didn't even believe that I was in labor, and I didn't either, because I was like, I remember thinking like, this is, this is labor? This is nothing. <laughs> Fast forward to like, 3 p.m. right and everything else that I ever said before was a damn lie I felt like (laughs) you know it was getting worse by the hour and if I had to describe what labor felt like before I got to the hospital and and I was in like active active labor um it would just feel like you have a really big poop (laughs) that just isn't ready to come out but you feel like you feel your stomach moving and gurgling. It's like it's like when you go to Golden Corral, right? And you eat a shit ton of food, you go to sleep and you wake up in the middle of the night and you have goosebumps. <laughs> and 
<laughs> the arm, like your arm hairs are raised. That, that was the beginning. Okay. That was the beginning of my labor. Multiply it by 10 each hour. And that's active labor. <clears throat> so I, I wanted to stay at home as long as I could, uh, because I just, I really hate hospitals and I knew that things would kind of be out of my control once I got there. Um, they already were, but I was trying to, I was trying my best just to stay comfortable. My sister had gone grocery shopping for me. I was rolling around on a medicine ball. I was trying to stretch out my back. I kind of felt like I was in back labor because my back really hurt. Um, I took a bath, which don't do. Okay. No one told me don't take a bath when you're in labor, but I did. Um, just add it to the list of things that (laughs) I did not know about being pregnant. Um, I would say that I have a really high pain tolerance, but what really got me were the contractions. And as they started to pick up, there was no relief. It literally felt like I couldn't catch my breath before the next one came. And the one thing I would say about my labor is that it was nothing like the movies make it out to be. My water didn't break on its own. I was, I was chilling for most of the day, honestly, cleaning. I was listening to Grant. He was, he was listening to sermons and reading his Bible, but it was actually a really fun day until I was on the floor of my bedroom, crawling around, just trying to get comfortable. And at that point I was, I was trying to hold in the tears, but it hurt. So during all of that, my mom, she was still on the bus and I was so scared that she was not going to make it, but she made it within like 30 minutes of me saying that I was ready to go to the hospital. Uh, so fast forward, we're at the hospital. Things were oddly peaceful. When I first got there, the walk in was rough. I was having to take breaks like every couple minutes, every contraction, just to hold on to whatever I could find for dear life. But other than that, we made it pretty smoothly. The contractions continued. And by like, I would say 11 PM, I was done. They had tried everything. They tried water therapy. They tried to have me stand up. I had a medicine ball between my legs to like try and spread my hips, but nothing was helping. And I was very firm that I wanted an epidural. So when the the time came, I was like, all right, bet, put this thing on my back because I can't. <sighs> I was just, you know, I was ready to feel nothing from the waist down, except nothing was <laughs> literally everything. And the, um, the anesthesiologist that came in early didn't, that came in clearly did not know what he was doing. And I had four failed epidurals, four, four, for one baby, four. She was being supervised by another anesthesiologist and I'll assume that she was somewhat new or still in school. I don't know, but like that hour was the worst hour of my entire life. Uh, For those of you that that don't know what an epidural is, basically it's like it's a catheter that they feed through your spine um, to give you medicine um, and it numbs you from the waist down. So basically it paralyzes you. Uh, You have to remain like super still when you're getting it in your back because it could potentially paralyze you or cause other damage. (laughs) And it did. Uh, They make you sit. They make you sit on the edge of the bed. Right. And you hold a pillow 
and you kind of like curve your back so that they have easy access to your spine. Um, oh God, just thinking about it, just thinking about it gives me goosebumps. Uh, the first one really hurt, but it, it was like a piercing, you know, the first one doesn't hurt. It's the second one that hurts more. <laughs> uh then the third hurt like a bitch and the fourth was like just kill me now um I had to sit like that for almost an hour and when you're doing it you can't move so here I was in active labor with contractions probably like two minutes apart at this point unable to move literal torture and I'm sitting there. No one is talking to me. I have my head like in my chest because that's how you have to sit. And nobody was talking to me. No one's telling me what's happening. So I, I didn't even know that there were four attempts until the fourth one was done. And they had told my mom and my sister that they had to leave the room. Uh, so I, no one's talking to me. And I remember the anesthesiologist, uh, he was like, yeah, we couldn't get it. Um, so we could try a fifth time. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you're not touching me anymore. So I screamed for her to get out because I'm like four. But I also, I didn't know that that was like a bad thing for it to take more than one attempt. Because if you think about it, when you go to get your blood drawn, sometimes it takes more than one try, right? Like sometimes they don't hit it right. So I'm thinking all right, they just missed. I'll give them another try. Um, and I also didn't know what the other pain would be like if I didn't have it. So I just let them keep trying. Um, but they also weren't telling me that they were still trying or that, you know, one had failed and they're trying another. So when my mom and my sister came back into the room, yo, my mom was pissed. Okay. She comes in and I looked behind me and my sheets on the bed were soaked in blood. I could feel it dripping down my back like for a while. And my mom was so mad because she was like, why would you let them keep trying? And she's like, how come you couldn't get it in her back? And like I said before, I just assumed that it was like blood work. And I didn't know I didn't know what natural birth would feel like. So I thought that that would just be easier. Um but I ended up with no epidural and that meant I was about to have a natural birth and I wasn't planning on that. Um, I honestly wasn't planning on everything on anything. I just didn't, I just knew that I wanted to get an epidural. Um, but now I'm getting scared because I did not know what to anticipate. I was literally, (laughs) I was about to feel my vagina rip open in a baby with hands and feet and shoulders is about to come out of me bro I think I puked but I can't (laughs) I think I did uh but it, it was what it was um my body it was ready to push I could tell because it was like when there was a contraction it was almost it almost felt like I had to push like a poop and I felt like like you see toddlers running around in their face when they're pooping it's like they can't control it that's how it was with my body so the time came and I was ready to push I was screaming I was screaming because it hurt so bad but I only had to push for four minutes four so if that doesn't tell you how done I was I don't know what would um I was I was super fortunate to have a pretty smooth labor 
minus the epidural because truthfully that 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 was traumatizing for me now if I ever have another kid I will not get an epidural we're going full-on natural because I can't (laughs) but my mom she's the one that said oh my god I see his head and when she said that I was like f it and I pushed I pushed as hard as I could and he was out within like maybe two more pushes after that so when Malachi came out and I saw him for the first time my very first thought was like I want to see his face and in that moment I I was terrified that he was going to come out and look just like his dad and at the time I felt like the world would just play a sick joke on me like that like that would be something that would happen to me you know but it took kind of a few seconds to take his first breath and for me to hear him cry. And when I did hear him cry, finally, because I was starting to get a little nervous, it took him a little bit. Um, I took probably the deepest breath I've ever taken. I have it on video. And that to me is such a powerful moment. I feel like when I took that breath, it truly was like I, I breathe life again. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know if that makes sense to anyone else, but uh he was here and I was a mom and I didn't know what life was going to be like once I left the hospital so I just tried to let myself live in that moment and think of it as a vacation because like I've told you all before I wasn't happy or excited so I had to think of this as like oh look I'm on vacation you know someone's feeding me someone was you know making sure that I was okay my mom was there to help me so I tried to do my best to to see it in the as positive as I could and so they took Kai for a bit to the other side of the room to make sure you know he was healthy and everything before I finally got to hold him and when I held him I felt like I was holding a baby and that was kind of it and why couldn't I feel more shouldn't I have been more emotional I just given birth to my son Um, but I wasn't, (sighs) my mom took him, um, so I could, you know, finish giving birth because you don't finish after you push the kid out. I just want to make that very clear. Um, I had to push again. I had to push the placenta out. I got, I think it was eight stitches and then they moved us to the other room. I was gushing blood. That was so nasty. I remember the first time I went to the bathroom after I had him, the nurse helped me and I got blood all over her arms, bro. I felt so bad um, and it was scary. But at that time, my head had started to really, really, really hurt. I will tell you all why in a minute. But, um, you know, it was glamorous. Like I was a mom. Yay. That shit was not fun. So the next day... Um, the anesthesiologist uh, had someone come into my room and they told me that they had caused damage to my spine and I made a they had made a rupture that caused spinal fluid to leak into my spinal column Uh, so I was told that this was very rare um, but that I would have severe migraines for the next couple weeks or so but y'all these migraines were different they were on a whole nother level (laughs) I I couldn't look at anything in the light. I was constantly dizzy. 
I would be standing up with Kai and be like, mom, 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 come get him. Like it was bad. And the way that my back hurt, I've never experienced pain like that. Like the worst part, the worst part is that the epidural didn't even end up working. But now my back was the worst part of my recovery. Um, it took me a long time um, for my back to, like my back's still not normal, honestly. It still hurts all the time. I've had to start going to a chiropractor. I have never had back problems in my life. Um, and I am a, a bigger chested woman, but ever since I've had Kai, my back has been, it's been a journey. Uh, but it took me, it took me a long time to reflect on what had happened, um, when I gave birth and like what my feelings were. And I think that's because I knew the moment, the moment was not about me. It was about Malachi. I was welcoming a new baby into my life and my son was here. Uh, so I wanted that to just be the main focus. I didn't even let myself reflect on like the fact that I just gave birth and it was my sister and my mom in the room and not his father. Um, in the moment, it didn't feel abnormal because, again, so much was happening. And I'm so thankful for my mom, my sister, and Grant for being there with me that day um, to give me the love that I needed because I didn't know. I didn't, I don't know, it was just, ugh, God, that time. So it's been almost two years now. And as I reflect on his birth, I get really, really, really sad. Not for me, uh, because I'm a bad bitch, all right? I'm a bad bitch for making it through that. The nurses in the room were like, honey, you are a trooper. Uh, so I give myself props for that. But I get sad because my son, he isn't going to have pictures of the day he was born with his dad. He, you know, when he asks for his birth certificate when he's older, there's no name where it says dad or where it says father. Um and I've carried I've carried the burden as Malachi, you know, is continuing to grow and learn and especially with him talking now. Like my son, he has a personality. He is funny and he learns so quick. And like his father will never know him. And you know, I take some accountability for that, but ultimately I've had to continuously just like remind myself that it's not my burden to carry. It is not our burden to carry the fact that our children's fathers hopefully have, have had access if they're able to. And if, you know, that's something that is safe or whatever the case might be, if they have access to their, their children and they don't take advantage of that or don't see the benefit of knowing their, their children, that is not our fault. Um, you know, we as single mothers, we feel this every single day. And to be honest, it's it's getting harder for me to accept um, as Malachi is getting older. As he's starting to talk, I know, and I know that this is so far down the road, but I know that the day is getting closer and closer where he's going to ask me the questions I've been dreading since I knew that this would just be our journey. I'm scared. Uh, but one thing that I have told myself is that I will not hide anything from my son. Um, Malachi is going to know his story. He's going to know where he came from and he's going to know who his father is when he asks me. 
He'll never feel like I kept him from his dad because like I said before, that's not my load to carry. And I will be damned if I'm ever the one that Malachi is angry with because he thinks that I kept his father out of his life. I hope y'all get what I'm saying. But he's going to be mad at his dad, not at me. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure of that. So as we move through our journeys, everyone, you know, is at a different place with the person they created life with. And for those of us doing it alone, it's easy. It is so easy to build that resentment. Sometimes Malachi will just be thrown like a temper tantrum. And all I think in my head is like, yo, I hate your dad. <laughs> and, but I'll never say that to him. You know what I mean? Um, it's easy to be scared and mad that you will have to answer those questions. And one thing that I've done, um, is journal. So this will get us started with, uh, our weekly messy mama challenge. So a few months ago I bought a journal from target and it was called, I think it was called my story. Uh, but basically it's just a bunch of prompts that ask about your childhood, your teenage years, and you know, where you are now. And it forces you to remember certain memories. I want to share it with my children. What do you want them to know about you? What are some tiny things that they may never know unless you are intentional in sharing that with them? Uh, this has helped me in so many ways, both before Kai and now that I have him. Um, it's helped me understand my trauma and reflect on how I can use it as fuel, um, especially now to improve as a mother. It's helped me share small memories with my son that, again, he wouldn't otherwise hear. And it's given me a tactile space to just write whatever I need to and to just put it down. So it doesn't have to take forever. You can write down one word to describe your day. If you don't already, go to Barnes & Nobles, go to Target, go somewhere where they have cute stationery and get a cute journal or some and some fun pens. Burlington Co. Factory also has really good journals. Fun fact. Um, <clears throat> I live for a good stationary aesthetic, so this is my vibe. <laughs> but <clears throat> I hope that, you know, this week you're able to see that our journeys are not linear. A lot of times it takes reflection to feel what we didn't feel in the moment. And I think that for me this last week, that's that's been so much of what I've been dealing with is like, I'm not sad today. I'm sad for me two years ago. I'm sad for me five years ago. I'm sad for me as a little girl. But like, we got we to gotta get over it. We got to overcome. So I hope you do the Messy Mama Challenge for this week. Um, I hope that you work through your feelings and you use it as that fuel. Over the last week, I've been trying my hardest to do all of the things that have got me down as fuel. And it's not easy, but it is, it's very much worth it. So I hope you do the Messy Mama Challenge for this week. Um, I hope that you work through your feelings and you use it as that fuel. Over the last week, I've been trying my hardest to do all of the things that have got me down as fuel. And it's not easy, but it is, it's very much worth it. So with that, I hope that you have a great week. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and please, please, please give yourself some love. I love y'all. See you next week.